So we're, uh, we're finishing our series uh, on the Ten Commandments uh, today, or as I like to call them, the Ten Principles. Uh, we call them the Ten Principles because uh, the Ten Commandments are not about just personal holiness, but about a holy community. Um, and what God, what God wants from a community is for basically the community to be marked by these ten principles. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be perfect at it. It doesn't mean uh, that we're going to nail it all the way. But when we have a, a community of people who basically abide by these principles, um, that's the holiness that makes happiness possible. Um, so do not what makes you happy. Do what makes you holy. And let us do what makes us holy. Happiness, um, in, the, in the Bible, the, the idea of happiness is something like flourishing. It's something like um, living in peaceable union, being provided for. Um, that's what real happiness is. And God says, through the Ten Commandments, the Ten Principles, that we have access to that. If we, as a people, will live in these ways. And so let's, let's end today with the, the Tenth Principle. This is uh, from Deuteronomy 5. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not set your desire on your neighbor's house or land, his female or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, uh, this is actually a modern translation. I think this is the NIV. Um, It still uses the word covet. Uh, and that's, that's interesting. It's interesting that it uses the word covet and then uh, later desire. Because what's trying to be communicated here in English is something that doesn't exist in English. Okay, uh, that word covet is, uh, it's uh, kemod. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's in the call, which, I mean, if you understand Hebrew uh, uh, syntax and, and the way that verbs are used, the, the call has a different meaning than, say, the hit pile or the pile. Um, and and, and co- the, the word covet, chimod, what it means is, it means the same thing that, that the, the word desire below means. That's awa. And it, it's in the hit pile. In those, in, the, in those two conjugations, um, what that word means is something that you will understand if you have seen the movie Dumb and Dumber. So I, I have a gif. I hope it works. Oh, is it not going to do the thing? Oh, I don't know how to make a gif work on a, on a PowerPoint. Anyway, if you remember this film, 1994, um, Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas uh, meets Mary Swanson as he's taking her to the airport. And he instantly falls in love with her. He falls in love with her to the extent that he is absolutely head over heels. He's, he's so interested in, in, in her, for example, that while they're driving to the airport, he turns around, he's, he's a limo driver, he turns around to talk to her, um, even though he's driving. And as he's driving, this causes a huge explosion behind him as some other cars get in a huge accident. And he doesn't even notice because he's so into Mary Swanson. Then uh, he, this is the moment where he's, he's driving and he's watching her as she's uh, going to the terminal. And he, uh, he sees that she um, drops uh, a briefcase and he, goodbye, my love. And then bam, he hits a car right in front of him. He is so infatuated, so in love that he brings his buddy Harry along with him. And what's interesting about the film is that you look at his desire. It leaves wreckage and chaos wherever they go. At one point, they actually kill a guy. And at, at one point, they give, uh, they, 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 they have a dead bird and they sell a dead bird to their neighbor who happens to be blind. Like, it's, they're horrible people, but it's driven by this insane desire that Lloyd has for Mary. 
uh, in th- those two words, chemod and awa, what they mean is desire that damages. Okay, desire that brings damage with it. We don't have a word for that in English. Greed gets a little close, envy a little close, um, but we just don't have it. Covet, maybe. But the idea is, is that this type of desire leaves chaos and wreckage wherever it goes. Because it is overwhelming, it is, is fully focused, and that's the first thing on your note sheets, the tenth principle. Desire can damage the desired. In fact, uh, Lloyd's determination to get the, her suitcase back to her actually puts Mary's life in danger. She almost dies, and her husband almost dies. But that's what an out-of-control, obsessive desire does. It, it creates chaos and damage. But it gets worse. Let's go uh, back to the text. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Okay, so wife, uh, what, house or land, male or female servant, ox or donkey, anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, I'm not by nature a very jealous person. Um, but some of you in this congregation have really been making me upset. Because there are two things that I covet in this life. Next slide. You think you're, you think you're being nice, right? You let me have a ride in your Tesla. In, inside, I'm, I'm just, I'm angry. I'm, it's, I'm like, how dare you? This car is like a spaceship. <laughs> this is, this car is a, it's a rolling computer. It's beautiful. And I want one. And then uh, Bill Koblenz invited me over to his house, um, and his TV's better than mine. And, uh, I mean, he was pretty nice about it, but he definitely was like, hey, the blacks on my TV are way better than yours, huh? Like, yeah, they really are. Boy, I can't wait to watch more 4K videos on this, this screen. This is beautiful. It's glorious. But I'm never coming back here again. I'm going to stab you in the back. I'm just kidding. I, I, I love your Teslas. I love your, uh, your TVs. I think they're awesome. Um, but did you notice uh, what happens when, when there's all these different things that we can get excited about, right? Now, we're in a much different situation than the people in the ancient world. The ancient world, like, oxes and donkeys were something, like, really cool. We're, there's not, probably not a lot of people here who are really motivated by owning a lot of oxes and donkeys. Um, however, we do live in a culture that is increasingly, increasingly moving towards greed, covetousness, envy. Um, I have a couple facts here for you. Uh, from 19, uh, uh, Caden, Caden showed me this, and I looked it up to, uh, to fact check him because I thought he was lying, but he was, he wasn't, and so when he told this to the youth group, it was, it was good. From 1998 to 2019, Americans placing maximum importance on religion, having kids, being patriotic, all dropped significantly, uh, double digits in every category. What rose? The most important thing? Money. 31% to 41% in 20 years. This goes along with um, the next. In 2015, 80% of women, 74% of men reported being envious of somebody else. However, the split is this. The baby boomers were at like 60%. Millennials and Zoomers were way over 80%. 
And what the theory is, is, is that actually we're becoming more covetous as, as a nation. We're becoming more greedy. So that um, some of our coasters here are probably less obsessed with other people than our younger folks. We don't know for sure. It, there is the possibility that just as you get older, you tend to be less desirous of things. Um, but I suspect that, no, I suspect that actually the, the culture is moving towards acquisitiveness. And, uh, and I think one of the big reasons for that is social media. Um, this is the latest in a long string of, of studies. In 2021, um, in Singapore, they, they showed a direct correlation between uh, increased use of Facebook um, and envy and depression. Uh, this is the, the, these, this, these statistics have borne out over and over and over again since the first uh, times that the, the studies have been done, 2014. And it's uh, especially discouraging because it's uh, young, young females who are actually most damaged by this. Um, something like 80% of uh, young females ages, uh, pre-teens up through their 20s, um, are feeling lots of um, social comparison Envy, envious of influencers, um, because they're constantly seeing on their phone all the time uh, how bad they have it compared to everybody else. Interestingly, also, um, there's a correlation between passive users of social media and uh, active users. Passive users, those who don't post that much but scroll, tend to be much more likely to be envious of the people they see, the stories they read, uh, or the, what are they, the loops, what are those called? Reels, the reels that, that go on, uh, than people who are active. And the, the theory is, is that the people who are active are, are getting affirmation, right? Because people are liking their stuff or whatever. Um, and, and the people who, who are just passive are just constantly seeing how much more others have than they do. And so the, the desire that damages, it doesn't just damage uh, the people around us. Um, it actually corrodes our own souls. That's the next thing on your note sheet. Desire will damage you. This isn't just, okay, Tom wants a Tesla because they're cool. This is when something really takes hold in your heart, right? It takes hold in your heart, and this is something that you need more than anything else. And, and what, what the problem is is that your neighbor has it and you don't. That's the next important thing in the text. Neighbor. Your neighbor's wife. Your neighbor's house. His. His. Anything that belongs to your neighbor. We made a point last week when we were, uh, we were talking that the, the neighbor thing is really, really critical because neighbor means, uh, we talked about this last week, it means anybody who's a part of the community of God. Okay, that's your neighbor. So all, everyone here are your neighbors. And so the people next to you in the pews are your neighbors. And what's, what's more interesting about that is that where you live, the, the block that you live on, there probably isn't going to be a huge wealth disparity between the people that you are, you know, physical neighbors with. You're much more likely to encounter people who have more than you do here than in your own home. Moreover, our neighbors have expanded radically. Why? Because social media makes it so that you can be across the, the country or the world and still be my neighbor and still be showing me the things that you have and the things that I don't. And, and, and let's be honest. I mean, the Bible's pretty honest about this. This is the beginning of uh, Job, right? What does Job have? Uh, he, he was he's blameless and upright, feared God, shunned evil, had seven sons and three daughters. 
7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. Uh, the Hebrew behind large number of servants is really more like, and super very much servants. It's, it's kind of funny. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Greatest, meaning what? Well, he was the one with the power and the influence. He was rich. People looked up to him. Because of his stuff. His, his wife is great. She born 10 kids. So that he had, you know, someone to pass everything on. And presumably Job had neighbors who didn't have nearly as much as he did. If you want to ruin a relationship, um, the best thing to do is play a monopoly with just two people. This is, uh, it's very, very effective. I, when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, um, I was probably like eight or nine, uh, my cousins, Casey and Bethany, were at the house, and we started a game of Monopoly. And um, within like just a little, really quickly, Casey was out. And so then it started to become this like long war uh, where half of the board was controlled by Beth, half of the board was controlled by me, but she had a little bit better positioning. And so it was just this, this constant, like, like bleeding me of cash. And then I get a little bit back, but, but more and more. And she was gloating. You could see in her face that she knew that the victory was going to be hers. And I swear by, by the end, I was like, this game sucks. I hate it. You're the worst. Why'd you cheat? I lost my mind. My question is, now in my, in my 40s, are hotels really that much better than houses? I'm, I am genuine. This is, this is, this is genuine. I don't own anything, so I don't really know. But uh, it seems to me that like, you could probably make a lot of money with houses just as much as a hotel. But apparently a monopoly, you know, hotels are the best. Uh, so if anyone here owns a hotel, um, you should tell me afterwards if it's really that much better. We tend to... Um, we tend to, to, to have relationships break up over greed, right? Over the, that damaging desire. So it, it's, the, it's your neighbor. It's the, the people around you. You know, so-and-so's got a hotel. So-and-so only has three houses on St. Charles Place. And what that does is it creates like a corrosive acid in between us. And, and over time, it... it gets buried so deep that the relationship itself just breaks down. Which is exactly the opposite of what the community of God is supposed to be. And so whether you're Job with 10,000 camels or whatever, or whether you're Tom with no camels, you're still together in this. We're still brothers and sisters. We're still neighbors. And so this is the last thing you're noticing. Whether you're rich or poor, God calls this community to contentment. Contentment is hard. Contentment, uh, like I said, a lot of people, some people just have a gift for it. I'm a pretty content person in general. Um, there are times where I, I get envious, but, but in general, contentment's pretty easy for me. I'm kind of happy with the way things are. But for a lot of us, man, it is it's almost impossible. We're constantly thinking about being prettier or getting the next thing or having better kids or whatever. And so if we're going to live this out, if this community is going to be holy, we have to ask some tough questions. We need to be self-aware. And the first thing is this. 
what triggers your envy? What triggers your desire that causes damage? Damage to yourself, damage to the people around you. What desire is, triggers that? And it, you have to be honest with yourself. If it is something like social media, you need to take a break. Um, if it bothers you that, you know, there's someone here in the congregation who talks and acts and presents in a way that, that you think they're a little bit above there and you kind of wish that you had the, if, hey, you know what? Take some time. Stay away. You, can, you don't have to, like, you know, be best friends with everyone here. But you have to be able to look into your heart and, and decide and recognize what triggers me. What is it that gets me going? And one way to look at that, to think, think that through is look at what the damage has been in your life. Where has the damage been for you, for the people around you? Because that's probably a place where the desire that causes damage is. The next step to contentment. How often do you thank God for what you have? I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know I thought I was having a heart attack, but it was probably more just panic. Um, <laughs> they were they were like, "We're going to put you on fentanyl to like lower my blood pressure because it was like 203 over something." I was like totally losing my mind, and I'm scared of fentanyl and all drugs because uh, I have a major anxiety disorder. And so I was like, "Don't you dare! I don't want that. The only thing I want right now is Xanax." Because I am losing my mind. Oh, by the way, two doors down, there was some guy screaming because they were, like, cutting something. I mean, it was horrible. And I'm already, like, losing my mind anytime I go to a hospital. So I was in terrible shape. So they come in. They give me uh, something to calm me down. And I remember sitting there and breathing deeply and being like, it is so good to be able to take a breath without fear. That's a simple thing. But man, it's good. And it's very hard for us to keep focused, keep our attention on so many gifts that we have. Next time you find yourself comparing yourself, thinking how bad you have it, breathe deep and be grateful that you're not scared. Most important thing, we, we talked about this a little bit with our verse of the month, but we got to listen to Jesus. What is Jesus teaching on this? Uh, from Matthew 6, on the Sermon on the Mount, what does he say? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Lay up your, yourselves treasures in heaven. There's no moth, there's no rust. Your, your Tesla's battery won't go bad and cost you $10,000. Uh, and thieves aren't going to break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The, Jesus isn't joking here. Okay? When we talked earlier, uh, our, our verse of the month, um, you know, you're a, a, a craftsmanship, you're a workmanship created for good works that God has planned for you. Every time you do something for God, you are like making a deposit in your heavenly bank. 
Once you've believed, you're going to heaven whether you like it or not. Um, it's a good thing. But in heaven, there are rewards for those who are faithful, who do things for the Lord. And every time you do it, your experience of heaven, your, 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 your future becomes even brighter. And while your Tesla can break down and while your OLED can have like those, what is it, bad pixels sometimes? You know, there, there's, oh, did you fix that? No, yeah, okay, there's some bad pixels on it. It, it happens even on the biggest and best TVs. There, th- th- bad things can happen, but not on your heavenly bank account. Everything you do for God, every, the smallest stuff, trying to raise your kids right, you know? The, to the biggest things, going on a missions trip or giving generously um, because you have the resources. Everything you do there is a deposit in your, your eternity. We, and friends, can I just say that I've noticed that life is pretty short. If you've been with us, um, the last couple of years have been awful. We've lost, we've, a lot of people have died. Um, from or with COVID. And I, I think the oldest of them was Phyllis DePew, dearly departed saint, uh, Eric's grandma. She was like 94, 96, goodness gracious, 96. That seems forever. Man, it goes by like that. The older you get, we know those psychological studies, they've done it. The older you get, the faster you perceive time moving. It's not going to get better, okay? It's only going to get worse. Lucas, enjoy this right now. Because while you're a kid, everything is awesome. All right? Just, just dig in and enjoy it because you get, the older you get, the faster it goes and the harder it is to grasp on. And if that's the case and we're all headed to either death or being put up into, into glory with the return of the Lord, boy, wouldn't it make sense to stop worrying so much about what so-and-so has and instead looking for those opportunities that God has set before us to make deposits in eternity? And the more that you do it, what you're going to find out happens is that you care a whole lot less about what other people have, and you care a whole lot more about the kingdom of God. So think about it. What could you do right now to start making that deposit in heaven? The last bit. Is there anything? Is there anything that you're doing in your life right now that's eternal? Or are you focused 100% on the here and now? I say, no, heaven's going to take care of itself. The more you invest in God, the more you will love God. And the more that you love God, the less that you will have the desire that damages. And in the end, that's what we're here for. We're about to spend an awesome time outside. We've got pony rides. Okay, you have to be 80 pounds or less to ride the pony. So they, they looked at me, they were like, you will kill that animal. You don't. Also, parents, um, if your kid needs help getting up, you have to do it of liability. So you're the one that's going to put them on the pony and keep them safe. And if your kid's like 85 pounds, I say go for it. You know, see what happens. See, so just push it a little bit. And, uh, and so we're going to have ponies. There's like a rock climbing wall that leads to a slide. There's, there's an Easter egg hunt with a 1,500 eggs. Uh, there's, there's free tacos until, you know, 
we run out, and then I'm going to go get some Costco pizza to fill in the gaps. Um, We're about to experience a time of really great fellowship, really great mutual love. Don't let our desires that damage ruin our, our relationships with our neighbors. Don't do it. Instead, let's keep this place a place of mutual love, mutual encouragement, where rich or poor, we're content because we're laying up treasures in heaven. Let's pray. Gracious God and Father, we confess that you've given us a lot. That everybody here has experienced your blessing in some way. We also confess, God, that the stuff we have, sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. We can be successful and then not. We can lose things to thieves in this world. But what we can't lose is what we do for you. God, set on on every person's heart here. Holy Spirit, come and move in every single person's heart in this room and nudge. Say, this is something you can start doing right now to invest in the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of earth. Whether it's give or serve or volunteer, evangelize, bring people uh, to church who aren't normally in church. To spread your love prick every single heart, Holy Spirit, and give us the power and the courage and the willingness to go and make those investments that our hearts will desire heaven, will desire God, and not just a Tesla. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.